1: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier line-up of food right to your door, just like a Murillo Crossfield ball. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is... You win. Only via the app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free. In terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
2: Hello and welcome to the 10th edition of Redside Le Trent. Yeah, it's a milestone to think of that. Uh, so it's been an interesting week for Forrest. Um, we got a nil-nil draw away at West Brom, which again is interesting in the fact that Forrest came away from it, potentially disappointed it was only just one point. But that came on the back of a very battling display at the City Crowns with a, uh, with a draw with Luton town so the result is it's three draws from the three games following the Reading uh, game as well and Forest have five draws now in their last six games as well so we'll start with the West Brom match um, again all things considered Forest generally did a good job on West Brom I felt that personally we're just lacking that little bit of quality from midfield to the final third transition but I don't think West Brom were that good to be fair but Adam, it's one of those where you've taken a point before the game, but is it one of those that, on reflection, maybe wasn't that good a point?
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think we'd have all uh, bitten someone's arm off for a point at West Brom, obviously third in the league. This championship season, bar Bournemouth and Fulham, I think we could all agree is very, very open. Like there's not that much of a golfing quality I mean, you'd expect West Brom to be up there because they've obviously come down from the Premier League. But I think Vamali Ishmael is really struggling to get a foothold And how he was at Barnsley. Um, I'm not sure why, because he's got the quality there. But I think in hindsight, it is it is like maybe a bit disappointed we didn't get three points because obviously they went down to 10 men, but we did not really do enough in the final third when they did have 10 men to, to warrant a victory in that game, in my in my honest opinion. And Steve Cooper was rightly disappointed in his in his uh post-match uh interview with Colin Frey. So it's disappointing, but not at the same time because you took a point. So that's that's just how I feel on it.
2: Yeah, no, it's it's certainly interesting. I mean, like again, like what I found very surprising was how the the lack of composure Westbrook had in the ball. I don't know if they were maybe like trying too hard or maybe it was too frenetic, but I mean, at times, they're just kicking the ball out of play. It was ridiculous. Like, he's a good player as well. People like Alex Marrett, for example, just punching it straight out of play. But um, it's, a, it's a missed opportunity in that regard. But yes, as you said, we would have taken the point before the game. But I think what the most frustrating part for me was, and it was in role reversals Tuesday night, which we'll come on to very shortly, was that, um, you know, we were playing 10 men for 20 minutes and we still didn't really lay that much of a glove. I mean, Lee, from your perspective, that must be a bit disappointing.
3: Yeah, it was a bit. Um, I suppose on the flip side, I mean, if you look at how Luton played when we went down to 10 men, but for Samba, they would have beat us. Um, I don't think you could say, but for Johnston, we would have beat them. Um, mm. So, it, yeah, it's a bit disappointing. But again, I, I can't really disagree with anything that Adam's just said, to be honest. Um, I think before the game, it, we would have all taken a point, to be honest. Yeah. Um, it's the front three and the goalkeeper with them. To me, you look at their lineup, and the the front three is absolute class. And when you see someone like Dean Garner going up against Bong, your heart sinks a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, you look at their defense and their midfield. and I'm not entirely sure. I think some of their supporters might be looking at our defense and midfield and thinking, "Oh, wish we had, wish we had a Joe Warrell at the back, or I wish we had a, a Scott McKenna or a James Garner." But yeah, I mean. It's a difficult one because you'd take the point before the start, but with how the game's gone, 20 minutes against 10 men, it'd have just been nice to kind of make Johnston earn his money, but but we never did.
2: Yeah, it was just that one sort of deflected effort, which a a bit of a camera save, to be honest, from um, hmm. Johnson. Um, and obviously, on the topic of uh, Brennan Johnson, uh, Reese. I mean, obviously, we, we talked about Joe World there. Joe world's outstanding. Uh, outstanding. Know, rightfully deserved his the Match Awards. But one person you weren't too impressed with was Brennan Johnson, and you didn't feel got, got in the game enough. And well, yeah, just t- tell us your thoughts on how you thought his performance was.
4: Um, I don't know if it's got to a point where he's maybe a little bit overplayed. He's he always seems to play. He's always he always plays ninety minutes. It's usually like a rotation. The other winger between Zinchenko, Lolly, and Martin. Um, the, this, I mean, he got in behind um, Matt Clark after 50 minutes and got him booked. And then Forrest, and you know, we will defend him a little bit here. Forrest never seemed to really try that method again. Um, a, a guy got talking to me and my friends on the way to the ground, and he said, We play with a very high line. So if you've got anyone with pay, drop it in over the top. You know, and it says the centre halves aren't very quick, and we did, we, like I just said, we did that, and then we didn't really seem to do that again. But to be fair, West Brom going down to ten probably maybe hindered us a little because they then just set up with a block similar to what obviously we did to Luton in week in the week, what Bournemouth did to us earlier on in the season, and we just struggled really to break them down, which. I would probably say was more down to the fact that we only really had one wing back coming forward, which was Spence. The other, and, and that kind of meant we couldn't really get Martin in the game. Martin had one um, opportunity and he set it up, set it up for grabbing. And then we didn't really get the ball to him again. Um, but I just thought he looked a bit a little bit going back to Johnson, a little bit half-arse second half. And um, we, we do know he doesn't really like to put a foot in, which, you know, attacking midfielders, some of them are just like that. Um, but, yeah, I'd, a bit. it's one of them, because who, who do you kind of think, who do we bring off the bench for him? Because Lolly come on, didn't really, I know he had a bad tackle on him to get their play sent off, but didn't really offer much Martin's fits and starts. So, I think it just we just could do with some options in January, really, and just maybe keep a few of the regular starters on the toes a bit more for me personally. Yeah,
2: it is a bit surprising how like um, the winger is now actually an area of concern, isn't it? Like if you think about it, um, you know, a few weeks ago uh, we said in the window. If you would said, "Oh, you know, Forest have got Johnson, Lolly, Mighton and Zinchenko as their wide options," you'd think, "Well, yeah, that's really strong." But as you said, three of them keep being rotated. And maybe maybe there is an element of burnout of Johnson. Who knows? I mean, I thought that once he got more space um after the red cards, he actually looks a bit more lively. But much like the Reading game, it looked like West Brom just did a pretty firm job on him. He didn't really do anything much. And like you said, we didn't really go down that route of clipping it over the top. Again, as I touched on earlier, that, that sort of um the transition between the midfield and attack wasn't quite there as we'd hoped it to be. But yeah, it was it was a bit surprising, and you know, hopefully that will change in the game against Peterborough. But it was interesting that if you said before the game that he may have been the worst performer, having looked at the lineup, you'd have been pleasantly surprised. Adam, how do you think um, Gaetan Bong played against West Brom?
0: I thought Bong didn't do too much wrong, but also did a lot wrong. If you if that even <laughs> makes remote sense, right? Because the amount of times he, like, tried to head the ball away but got away with it going back to Samba or or whatever was ridiculous. But, like, he got beat but by Diangana once and Samba made a really smart save uh, down to his near post and obviously it resulted in a bit of a gold mouth scramble and we managed to get away with it. But in all honesty, they didn't really target him that well, that much. They were going a lot more down Spencer's uh, uh, side and obviously... Carlon Grant got the better of Joe Warrell a couple of times to pace more more than anything. And and I am surprised he didn't play through the centre, you know, Carlon Grant, because I think that was a big mistake from West Brom. I think we dealt with, like Callum Robinson was not really giving McKenna, Figueroa, or Warrell any anything to worry about because he but wasn't nowhere was near he, he wasn't he wasn't nowhere near the 18 yard box for him. And that, I think that's really what 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 hampered West Brom. They had a lot of the ball, but no one really like causing any danger. Um and that's what like I feel like we're we're disappointed about because West Brom didn't look like the side that have just come down from the Premier League, did they? They, they weren't that great in midfield. I didn't think. I thought Mowat was poor. Um, Malumbi obviously got sent off, but didn't really offer that much. Um, I thought the wing backs for, for West Brom did more, more than anything for them and and Grant. But yeah, I think we just lacked that that man to link midfield and attack. Um, and I think the choice for grabbing to be like a left-sided midfielder for the game was was wrong from us as well like you put you you put Zinconaga through the middle and he didn't really close down anyone whereas and, and every time we got the ball he didn't hold it up either. so it just was bizarre. I, I didn't understand that from from Cooper or if it was a on field choice which I can't imagine it being but I don't know what what, what, what Lee, what Lee Reese and yourself think of that but I thought it was a mistake on our part as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's so interesting. I mean, I felt that um, Graven was drifting wide a lot. I don't know if he, was, if he was actually playing left wing, per se, because like, if you think towards the chances at the end where Worrell put that ball in, for example, it just missed him. He's obviously, he was in the sticks at that moment in time. But yeah, it was... And obviously, Graven does this, doesn't it? He? he does tend to roam out and sort of... move. But we obviously saw something down that right-hand side for him to run into, because there was a lot of the time, like you said, where he was sprinting out there and winning fouls and chasing lost causes, essentially. Uh, Lee what do you think
3: I mean to be honest I, I'm going to sound like a broken record here but I just think with it's now two games without a goal which I know is, is not really cause for concern we've not lost either game but what, why? I think it would have been the perfect time to put someone like Carvalho on when they went down to 10 men just because at, everyone says he's a luxury player it's like playing with 10 well if he's going on against 10 men and it's not working for Zinchenko. It's not working for for Grabben. It's not working for Johnson. Just give him a go. Something a little bit different. I mean, I'm not being. I don't mean this sound funny in any way, shape or form. But if Johnson had shown, sorry, if Carvalho had a shown the effort that Johnson showed in the last 20 minutes when we had 10 men against Luton, Twitter would have exploded. He'd have been the laziest, most vile player to ever play for the club, and. That's not right. I get that. I get that Johnson's played an awful lot of football, and he perhaps does need taking out the firing line a little bit. But that is one criticism. What he did on when he was asked to just play up front, just stay up there, be a, a focal point. Um, when Carvalho is kind of sauntered round like that, he gets absolute pelters for it. And I just think that we've said it before on this podcast: the subs are very similar. Um, yeah, I thought it was great that as soon as they went down to ten, he made a, a pretty positive change. Uh, Cooper, I think, is pretty you know good with that, but I just think it's perhaps time to give some of the others a, a bit more of a run. Um, someone like Carvalho, um, mm-hmm. who can perhaps ride something a bit different to what a, a stereotypical. I mean, you look at the the qualities that Mieten and Johnson and Zinkenagel and, and Lolly have all got. You, you'd probably say their strong points are all very similar. Whereas Carvalho is, is perhaps a little bit you know it's perhaps a, a more a more defined role if you like.
2: No, it's certainly a fair point. Obviously, we've touched on before that it's very surprising that he hasn't been given a fair chance I'm sure you know, Reese in particular obviously we know obviously you're a huge fan of Carvalho might be so but do you, why do you think he hasn't been given a run yet I mean, you, I, mean I know you're obviously saying our group check think he's time maybe done at Forest. but
4: why do you think he hasn't even had a 20 minute run out against someone he, he wasn't on the bench the night was he I don't think no um, definitely wasn't on the bench was he um, I don't know. I don't know. The only person who can answer that is Steve Cooper. He sees him every day in training. The whole Carvalho, the barkle, if you want to call it now. I don't know if there's anything, politics behind the scenes. Because at one point in his first career he was in the bomb squad, then he was out on loan to um, Almeria in Spain. Um, so, so so Steve Cooper's the only guy who can answer that. Um I don't know why he hasn't been given a go and I think he could offer us something but I don't know whether he's lazy in training I just don't know um, and it is a shame but I just can't see Carvalho putting a Forest shirt on again unless he's maybe here when the FA Cup comes round in early January but I'm 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 just surprised he hasn't had like a little cameo or anything. I'm surprised. There's got to be something more to it, but the only person you can answer that is Steve Cooper and unfortunately, you know the, the media do question Steve Cooper never really seem to ask these kind of questions. So yeah, I, I can't see Carvalho ever being part of Forest plans again. Personally.
2: Yeah, it's it's certainly an interesting one. I mean, I hope that he does get given another try because we all know on his day just how good he can be. And if he's put into a system that benefits him, he will shine. And I think for the first time since Karanka, he's actually got a manager who will potentially play to his strengths. So, it's, it's yeah, it's an interesting one. But like you say, I mean, maybe there is something on the line that's just sort of said, so Maybe it's like, come from higher up, saying he's sort of had off selection. We just don't know. We'll have to wait and see, and hopefully just get run out soon, because, again, he's a player that gets out of his seat, and that's what football's about, really. But we'll go on to the Luton game now, and um, you know, where one door closes and another opens, potentially. Brian Ajada uh, made his debut for the Forest against Luton. And uh, Adam looks pretty good. Looked, 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 looked a bit of a terrier really, like running all over the midfield, putting, putting the hard yards in, and generally looks quite a, a tidy... Highly signing. What did you think of his performance?
0: I mean, I I think Cooper kind of got forced into giving Brian Ayader a go, but he looked he looked tidy. I think the first few moments, and I think we all said it in our in our group chat that he looks a bit nervy. He gave the ball away. I think maybe the first couple of times he got the ball, but then after that, he just really grew into it. He was asking for the ball all the time. I mean. Football's a universal language, and you can gesticulate to to, to receive to get it, can't you? Enough times on a football pitch, so. And he was getting it. He was moving it. And he was what I liked a lot about him because he's different from our other midfielders. He he goes forward with it. He, I think he beat, um, I can't remember who he played. I don't know if it's. I think it's Summit Berry and maybe Lansbury. Obviously played midfield for. For for Luton and I think he beat them a couple of times and actually got at the back at their back four almost and like could then put the ball out wide and we've missed that for for, well since Lansbury was with us really Um, so it was nice to see Um, I think he obviously got forced to have ninety minutes as well with with the red card that happened Um, yeah he looked really tidy. he he battled hard I mean he's 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 a small lad so. It's one of them where he's going to get out-muscled by, by a bigger physical player. But I really enjoyed it. Um, there's a lot more to come. And hopefully, if he's a Dane Murphy sign-in, we might see a few more of them type of sign-ins where they're very clever. Um, and I think he will get more chances, obviously, the more time he gets to settle within the country. Because I've heard his English is not that great, but... Honestly, I don't even care if his English is not that great. If he can play like that every time, then there's no, there's no problem, is there?
2: No, absolutely not. And like you said, <laughs> if you wave your arms enough, surely the ball comes here your way, your path eventually. Unless of course you're Harry Art, in which case your teammate really knows his shit, but that's another point. But um, <laughs> we've now kept um, two clean sheets in two games, and the in the Luton game, especially, that was very much down in part to Bruce Samba, who moves, you know. I still the penalty. He saved a penalty, which I think in the VAR age would have been retaken because he came off his line. But who cares? But it was more of a save at the end that was, you know, breathtaking. Really, because yeah, he had absolutely no right to save that. I mean, Lee, we've all on this pods like fairly as well. I will say, you know, criticised Samba's early performance in the season where he just looked a liability every week. Obviously, we all called for Horbath, etc. But since Cooper's come in, he really seems sort of rediscovered his old form I mean how, how, did, what did, you, how did you think he played against uh, Luton
3: yeah he was excellent I mean can't knock him um, I mean in typical Forest fan fashion we should be kind of saying where's all the Samborators shouldn't we but <laughs> no I think it's um, I thought it was good uh, he just looks back to his I mean the one handed take taken the first half is slipping under the radar because everything else he did I mean there's a, there's a great image of Scott McKenna's face and he, the expression on his face is like what are you doing but he's just plucked it out of the sky with one hand and then almost in the same motion just put his other hand on top of the ball. It's it's very unorthodox and you can see why he does place himself in the firing line when things do go wrong, but yeah, he was excellent. I mean, that take and then the penalty save and then, I mean, I didn't realise until I got back and saw it again, because obviously I sit in the Trenton, so mm. the, the save at the end was the other end to me, but when I saw it back, it was just like, wow. Um, it was one of
2: those like, bloody hell moments that has yeah
3: it, it was it was um, It was just a superb save I mean from where I was I was just waiting for the net to ripple I thought mm. if he gets it on target through all those bodies then it's going to go in um, but yeah he was just outstanding and to be fair he, he took the uh, he lapped up the uh, you know the applause at the end and again he, he's another player I, I think I've said it about Joe Lolly he's another player who does seemingly care about doing well for Forest and, and doing well for three points I mean when you're a goalkeeper and you're making mistakes, typically they do cost you goals. Um, But yeah, I think it's, uh, it's certainly a, it puts a smile on your face when someone like Samba does have a good game, to be honest.
2: No, definitely. I think, like you said, obviously when he plays well, you can see it means a lot to him when he does put in a good shift. Hmm. And that is a cool nature of goalkeeper as well. You make a mistake and, you know, you're an idiot. Whereas if you pull a save out of thin airs and you're a hero, it's just fine line, I suppose. Classic margins of football. But um, we won't ask you about the referee because you've already told us explicitly not to ask you. Lee. So instead, I will move to Reese. Forest um, were, whilst well, he went out to ten men when Jack Colback was shown a second yellow card. Now, you, your thought was that it was a foul but not a second yellow. Is that still the case? Have you seen it back a few times? Or
4: yeah, I've seen it back. Nah, no, to give him a second yellow and. Obviously, then a red, and then they've got a penalty. Then I think Lee will probably be able to explain this double jeopardy rule more than me. Um, but both men anyway, both men anyway.
3: Um, and I, do you know what? I'll jump in for one little bit of that. Yeah, the, the bit that I really don't understand about the, I'm almost convinced that he said something to the ref instead because the corner went straight through. Possibly, to yeah. So I mean. How can it, it's not like he's he's. it's not a reckless challenge in the sense that it's, you know, broke up a promising attack. The, the player he's fouled has gone nowhere near the ball. The ball has gone straight through to Samba. I mean, I just think it's so, so picky. And I wonder if Colback had just chirped one time too many and he's just thought, do you know what, balls to you. Um and just done him for descent maybe, because again, it was the other end of the ground to me, so I don't know whether he got up and just turned and said something, I don't know, I just thought it was very, very harsh. It
4: was strange, because it was at my end, and we, i seen him point to the spot, um, because there's a crowd, obviously from a corner, there was a crowd of bodies in there, and there was like a cheer went up in our end, because then he got out of yellow and a red, and I think some people thought he sent a looting player off, (laughs) And I was yeah, like, and then someone was like, see, call back off. Um, no, the referee was dire on um, Tuesday. You know, this is something we spoke about in our chat. He kept undermining the lineswoman woman all that, like, several times. She had a better view. Now, you know, I'm not a referee, but if I'm a referee and you've got a team of referees as they are now. If one of your assistants has got a better view than you, I would be trusting them over me and, and say to them, look, is that a foul? Yeah, okay, well, let's go with your decision because you've got a better view than me. Yeah, he, he just undermined loads and kept doing it. Um, basically, I think I, someone told me to um calm down because... <laughs> this was at the start what, of the passive game passive race no he, 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 made, he, made, um, he made he made they took a free kick in their own penalty and he made them go back literally two yards to play the exact same pass oh, I'm like come on just play just play <laughs> on just play the game no one wants to start, start game no one wants you know we all want football to the game to flow I just thought oh, gee. I just thought when I seen that, I thought it's just gonna be one of them nights. And it just turned out to be because he was utterly hopeless. He really was. Um, but I <laughs> know we've got one in the group here, but I'm not a fan of referees at all. But it it, it is a t- it is a tough job. It is, it is a really tough job. And I, I'd hate to be one. Because it's a a, a similar scenario to a goalkeeper, you never get praised when you're good, it's always you get criticized when you're poor, and that I think that's a perfect analogy for a referee personally. But yeah, he was was hopeless, the other night.
3: Do you know what? That is that is a good you've you've hit the nail on the head there to be honest. We always say as referees, over the course of a game, we make more right decisions than wrong, and that is in Mm. every game, even if you're having a stinker. The referee on Tuesday night will at 100 in The smart ass sense that we do, we've made made more right decisions than wrong ones. But typically, when the wrong ones you do make, when the red cards, penalties, that sort of stuff, the ones you get that get scrutinized, it, it is nature of yeah. the beast. If you, if you yeah. go into refereeing and think it's anything other than you're in for a, a rude awakening, <laughs> to be honest. But I'm still a big fan that you, you can sometimes make things harder for yourself, anyway. And that to me, he made. He made a really hard job look incredibly difficult the other night, I thought. Well, maybe um, <laughs> someone
2: who who hasn't made football look a hard job in recent weeks is James Garner. And um, if you look at the Reading game, where he came on for 20 minutes, outstanding. Luton, again, outstanding. And West Brom ran the show, pretty much. You know, it was a but for Worrell's heroics. Would have probably got man in the match. And... You know, it, it seems like he's finally shaken off that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer pre-season. actually looks like the player that we had for last year.
0: Um, Adam, what have you made of his little revival? Yeah, I'm, I'm really happy for James Garner. It looks like he's actually wanting to fight for his shirt because a lot of people, I think, question that. Um, obviously, someone who's come from a club like Man United, you probably think, well, they might not be so bothered because they can get another loan sort of thing. But really good to see him fight... Uh, Fight for it. Um, I think he's earned that spot now. Um, obviously, we're gonna Steve Cooper's gonna have a. Well, he shouldn't have really have a conundrum because it's there's, there's no there's no doubt about. It. You just put Cole back at left back or left wing back because you can't have Bong. I'm, I'm sorry, but Garner and Yates is is fine. And I thought what some Garner's revival back up was um, was a point where the ball got given away. And I can't remember what what West Brom player had it, but Garner sprinted past Bong and got there and put a great challenge in on him, and won the ball back, and you just thought, this is the Garner we had last season, who was running everywhere, fighting for the ball, and and do you know what? His, his technical abilities is you can't doubt it because he it is class. He's got a really good range of passing. Um, he's very calm. He takes his time. He puts his foot on the ball, and and he's someone that. We've missed in centre midfield because I wouldn't say we've got a lot of playmakers, um, unfortunately. And this is where I think about the, going back to the Carvalho debate is where we'd actually benefit from having someone like that because James Garner could, could thread that ball through through the thirds into someone to link up the play a bit better. But like Ree said, it that's that's down to Cooper. It's it's a question for him, for journalists to ask him. Um, unfortunately. But yeah, I'm enjoying his revival. I hope it continues because he is a cracking player and it will only benefit us in the in the end.
2: Absolutely, yeah. Although, the more he plays like that, the less chance we're going to get a signing Although, I think we all knew that anyway deep down. Um It has been good to see him play well again. He was, well, obviously, he was superb against Freddie, like I said, within seconds of coming on, rolls the defender and plays and grab and one-on-one. I thought, you know, Again, like you said, his, it was his Harry, it was all the ugly stuff. I mean, like you said, we, we think of Garner as this like elegant, silky midfielder, you know, who just sprays the ball, treats it as a friend, you know, treat, uh, passes range really well. But it was all the ugly stuff he was doing against West Brom, the hard yards, the, 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 the slide tackles, the winning the ball in ugly areas. Like, he was doing all of that so easily. Like, yeah. Again, like, he really like, stood out head and shoulders in that midfield for me.
0: But I didn't realize that one of the pundits actually said he was a centre half in his early Man United days. So it kind of makes sense that he has got that bit of bite almost. But he does look like quite a timid lad. Um, yeah, when, he does. When, you, when you look yeah. when you look at him, but but maybe he has got that bit of nastiness in him. And and fuck it, we need some of those sort of people at, at times, don't you? In the championship, it's a rugged league. Um, Definitely. But yeah, I think I think you, I think the next couple of weeks you'll see. Him alongside Yates in centre mid or Ajeda if he gets another chance, but yeah, um, yeah, brilliant. I'm, I'm happy.
2: Definitely, yeah. I think I think as well. Like it's a good, as you touched on, it's a good. Um, obviously, for now, it's a very simple solution, as you said. You play Colback at left back, but when we have low back, it will be very interesting to see what he does then. Because, you know, as we saw, Ajeda's had a very good, promising debut. Garner seems to be back to his best. Colback is definitely back to his best, and obviously you've got Yates, who's just a man reborn in the Cooper. He's, so he's now got
0: he's getting most improved player for me at the moment, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> so we've got four. <clears throat> obviously, 4 fours are going to two. So, so, <laughs> uh,
2: but it'll be very interesting to see how he does. Uh, what Cooper picks, and but yeah, it's a good problem to have. You know, we've gone from before or several years back where it's been the same name. Like for example, under um even at the Warburton or Montaigne, whatever, when you knew it would be Manchin, you knew it would be Mills next to him, regardless of what I did. Whereas now we've got genuine competition for places. And I think that just puts us in such a healthy position, especially with so much the season to go. Anyway, so uh, we'll give a special shout out to uh, Rose Gallery, who very kindly redesigned our logo. Uh, please follow them at gallery underscore rogues on Twitter. They have a host of stuff that you can buy. And if Christmas come around the corner. There's all sorts of forest related merch for them. So go check them out. And thank you again for redesigning our logo. Uh, We're now going to move on to. Um, so, we asked you all a question that we obviously, it was weird to have a weekend out without forest, obviously playing on a Friday night. It sort of does disorientate you a little bit, I find. So, we asked you a question. We said, um, What, if any, pre match superstitions or rituals do you have? This could be anything, you know, but obviously, uh, thanks for getting your responses in. So, we've got a few to read out for you. So, we've got one from John Michael White. It says, uh, Me and uh, Michaela always go through turnstile 16 and the trend and lower. Until Tuesday's game, when for some reason it was it shut just as we got there. As soon as I went through turnstile 17, I just knew that we weren't going to beat Luton. Uh, Snowboard Pete says, same turnstile and three taps to the turnstile number with the season ticket. Don't know where it started, but I do it all the time. Sam Bryan said again, same turnstile and give a number of touches I go in. Not entirely sure how lucky it is, given we've been dire for the most part since I got my season ticket in 2005. It's in a lot of pain there, bloody hell. And uh, Ian also said, I always like to sit in the same corner when getting changed, but when at city grounds, I always tap my son's name, Brick, on the back of a Trent for good luck. It's on the Stuart Pearce side. That's yeah, some, some very interesting responses there. Uh, do you guys have any superstitions at all when it comes to watching Forest? Start with you, Lee. <laughs> do
3: you know what? Um, <laughs> this, it, for, for years and years, it's always been the same three or four lads that I've gone to the game with. And typically we would, we'd always go the same way. Um, Not really superstitiously, but just, you know, we'd typically be be very, yeah, out of habit. Um, So we'd go the same way. We'd stop at the same food outlet on the way. We'd always go to the South Bank. um, And we'd typically go through the same turnstile and walk back to the car the same way. Now this year, we've had a new guy come with us. I'm looking at you, James Rowan. He listens to the pod. (laughs) Um, We now go a different way to the game. We go to a different pub before the game because um, he's he's 30-odd going on 80-odd. Doesn't like it being too hot. Doesn't like the beer being too cold. Who is he? Victor Meldrew? Oh, uh, yo, Honestly, <laughs> you should meet this guy. He's a real hoot. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, now we've literally changed everything. We even walk back to the car a different way now. Um, we go over, is it Lady Bay Bridge instead of Trent Bridge? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's fun and games in November when you're all climbing up the dirt track, because the Steps is a three-week queue. That's all fun and games. Um, he leaves early if we're not winning. He, he's, oh, like I, can't I say, I he's a real character. That's a big no-no for me. So, yeah, I feel like um, the sarcastic jibes haven't worked, so I thought I'd just out him on the pod instead. So <laughs> we, we might lose a listener. Um, we might lose one listener, but, you know, I think we'll have plenty more. But no, not, not really superstitious, but just... We used to have really, you know... Strict habits, but now they've just they've all completely changed.
2: That's interesting. So I, I always find this stuff quite fascinating to be honest. I mean, obviously, race, you've been a season ticket holder for a long, long time now. Have you got you might, I mean, but the thing is, you've sat on different parts of the grounds. So, I'm guessing you must have yours have changed if you have any at all, or
4: they've had to adapt. What have you got? Then, the only thing I probably kind of do now is because with my shirt collecting, is I try and obviously vary. For each game, so I kind of pick a game, um pick a game, pick a shirt from a game. What's been memorable from the to the opposition? So, for instance, West Brom on Friday, I wore the O three O four, which just had the changes sponsored to Capital One because that was my first ever game at the Hawthorns, and we won two 0 Luton, for example, on Tuesday, I wore the away kit from a couple of years back, which we beat Luton in. the, the two tone blue one split in half. Oh, but sort of the, the remake of the one from 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Macron just copying numbers away <laughs> <kits>. um, <laughs> so So, um, not really anything superstitious, I'd say. Um, it's probably the same as Lee, like pretty routine, you know. I've started like this season I used to go TBI up until kick-up but this season I kind of get there early to have some breakfast and then I've started going to boot room so you know if anyone wants to reserve a seat to heal some abuse <laughs> at me then that's where you'll find me on the next for day. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, I come from Ilkison, so the only real decision I kind of have to make is um when I'm coming down the A52 past showcase cinema, do I carry on the A52 or do I swear right to go the back way into West Bridgeford is the kind of decision I always like to make on a, especially a midweek game. So, no, nothing really, nothing really for me personally. um Again, maybe if... <laughs> Maybe before I had a lot more shirts, I'd probably keep a shirt on if we'd won the last game or something, something like that, maybe. But nothing too much.
2: Oh, fair enough. Uh, What about you, Adam? What have you got?
4: When I used to be a season ticket
0: holder in the uh, main stand, uh, I could go through turnstile 10, I believe. So that was always been my number for football. Um, So I used to go through that until we'd lose so I changed turnstile <laughs> um, and then um, I can't remember what game it is but I just stopped wearing colors I just stopped wearing any any color like, I'd wear a color maybe to do a forest but I would not wear like a, a shirt or anything um I don't know why and I still don't now if I go even when I, if I get like I've been with Reese a couple of times this season um, and I've not wore wore a forest shirt and I don't know why I do that I think it's just kind of like Oh, I'm going to be one of them that are like, oh, I'm just against the grain for some strange reason. Because I know there's plenty of fans that do the same up and down the country that don't wear their color, their team's colors. So I don't know if that's superstitious or not, or just like because I think I'm too cool for a football shirt <laughs> um, or what. But yeah, um, I think the turnstile thing is about the only thing that's maybe superstitious, but. Nothing too drastic. I bet you there's. I bet there's some people that do all sorts. I'm, I'm, I'm shocked that we didn't get more people saying like they wear some sort of lucky underwear. But Forrest have been shit for twenty years. I think everyone's run out of trying to do something for, for a superstition. At <laughs>
2: least we've got hygienic fans, suppose. If that's the case, um, a lot of changing. It's funny you mentioned the colours actually. because One of my mates is an Arsenal fan, and um, he the day he, he he can pinpoint the exact moment he stopped wearing colours. He went to Brighton away and they lost. And he got the train back and he just got ripped the whole way he's like fuck this i'm never wearing colors again <laughs> and, um, so I, maybe that's something to do with why people generally just don't go wearing them but it is an, it's an interesting one um as for me i, I always go through turnstile seven the main stands it's really weird as well because there's, there's, there's an old boy in turnstile eight and he's been there for a good 15 16 17 years exactly when we sort of recognize like, oh hello um to go through um there was one where if i went to tbi on a match day we never lost that changed on the Houston when we went to the Bournemouth game which however I went back there for Millwall and we drew that so maybe it's back on maybe it's the Houston thing who knows so that's a bit of a that's a bit of a superstition and like you um the shirts I always try and wear the shirt when we last beat that side so if we're at home it'll be the last home shirt if we're away it'll be the last away shirt we beat them and if, if there isn't one for example say if we play like I don't know, Exeter we haven't played since like the 50s and I'll just wear whatever I fancy but um, no it's very interesting obviously we will have few for another question for you guys but um, now I'm quite intrigued because it's uh, for the first time in well it feels like a couple of weeks have got Lee on the quiz and he's host so <laughs> Lee take it away
3: thank you Christian right so um, obviously our regular listeners will know that we've kind of done the same format with the quiz so I thought I'd try and mix it up a little bit so this week, I've asked the guys to come up with a player. Um, now, their only remit was the ra- the more random, the better. Um, so like a cult hero. So the same. Years, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I-, I may as well tell you, all three of them came back with the same name. I asked for it in private. All three of them came back with the same name, who will be revealed later on. So the... First up is Rhys. Now, your random player is?
4: Um, Doris DeVries. Doris (laughs) DeVries.
3: So, how this is going to work in true Mastermind style, you will get five questions (laughs) on your specialist subject slash player, and then you will get five questions on... um, your well, your current knowledge of the current forest squad. I was going to do forest in general, but typically you've heard those sort of questions over the years, and that's no fun. Um, so I will give you, I will do it is we'll go around each of you with your player first, and then we'll come back and start again with the general knowledge forest. Go. Okay, ready, Reese? Yeah, go for it, mate. Okay, your first question on Doris DeVries is which Scottish club did Swansea sign DeVries from? <laughs>
4: Wow, <laughs> you, you, you know, I, 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 thought to myself, I'm not gonna look because I kind of uh, remember stuff. Then, uh, stuff is Um, I'm trying to think of I kind of thing go on. I'm, oh, I'm gonna take a stab at Dundee. That is incorrect. Don't incorrect say
3: the correct answer is Dunfermline. firmly.
4: Right, oh, it's quite close to that. I am going to say, don't say Dundee United. Right. <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay, question two is multiple choice. How many games did De Vries play for Forest? A, 43. B, 53. C, 63.
4: That's a tough one. It's between the last two.
3: Yeah. I'm I gonna go that. sixty-three. That's incorrect. It's fifty-three. Oh question three. Yeah, games I, games. I was gonna let you go down, down as well. <laughs> question three. De Vries played for three English clubs. Forest, Swansea, and who else?
4: The Wolves. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot I'm right.
3: He's <laughs> <laughs> off the mark. Yeah. Question four. Who did Doris De Vries make his only Champions League appearance against whilst playing for Celtic? <laughs> Barcelona, because oh, I watched the game and it was like 7-0. Correct. It's a good noise. It was 7-0. 7 <laughs> and, <that 7-inch. laughs> and your final question on Doris De Vries. Swansea won League One during the 2007-2008 season, but how many clean sheets did De Vries keep in the league? Um...
4: I've got a funny feeling, Paul Smith kept more that season, or oh, am I wrong? No, you, you're um, spot on, but that's not, the, that's not the answer. For, <laughs> that's an answer. Um,
0: that is some pointless knowledge, though.
4: <laughs> 46 games. Uh, I'll go 19. That is very unlucky. The
3: answer's 17, I'm afraid. Okay, <laughs> okay so moving on. You obviously scored two out of five there, Rhys. Well done. Thank you very much. Moving on, Adam. You were the one who got to keep the player that all three of you chose.
0: Fucking okay, no, hell, David Vaughan.
3: David Vaughan. The Welsh Iniesta. Count out to David Vaughan. If he's a listener, there's lots of more for you on this podcast. <laughs> always, always. I'm always Vaughan. Right, so your first question added Which Spanish side did Vaughan. Oh, Real Sociedad. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. I do get that. question. Cake. I know. How many goals did Vaughan score during his entire career? A, 21 B, 31 or C, 41 I'm going to say A I don't think he scored that many
4: and A That B, 31 Really? My goodness yeah. well, I, that a minute, I, remember, I remember that yeah. belter against Newcastle for Suns only scored Yeah, yeah I
0: remember that oh, He
4: scored yeah. a, yeah. a few Yeah, the cameo, yeah <laughs> Question that's, that's three still...
3: Which club did Vaughan finish his playing career at? Do you
0: want the non-league club or the... Oh, they're both non-league clubs. Do you want to go for the ones afterwards?
3: Ooh.
0: Uh, Nanswich Town. Correct,
2: yeah. Sam was his own bloody hell.
0: He went to, non- <laughs> to Notts County. I completely forgot about that.
3: Question four. Vaughan was a product of which club's youth academy? Oh, famous. Uh, Crew Alexandra. Correct. Oh. And question five Your final question Wh- Who did Vaughan Score his first Of two Forest goals Against
0: Oh I was at this uh, Bolton Correct It was a banger I was right behind it Go on Four out of five Four it really out of five yeah. I, don't know. I, sh- I,
4: sh- I shouldn't have Gave it up to him That's <laughs> would <laughs> <laughs> the got to say Could be a quiz When him uh, not that Yeah Other one was Other one was Doncaster as well Yeah, yeah. That was like, I have a cracker Wasn't it Outside LeVar mm, It was
3: it? yeah Right, your next question is. Uh, sorry, Christian, next up. D- go on, fill us in on who yours is. So mine is the big man, Delhi Anabola.
2: <laughs> and, <laughs> and, because you, he's a cult hero. <laughs> I, I love Delhi. So I remember actually, um, he actually made the most memorable debut I've ever seen in a, in a Forest shirt. Uh, it was against Wat- I, I remember now because it was against Watford's. And um sorry for some of your questions, Lee. Um, because <laughs> um, because um, the way it worked was, it was before um, we had like home memberships and stuff like that, the club um, did an offer where if you got tickets to the Watford game, you get priority for a Derby game. So um, there were, they were the two home games, um, either side of the international break or something like that. I can't remember what it was now. So yeah, we went to the Watford match and we lost 4-2 and uh, Tom Cleverley and um, Henry Lansbury uh, putting on a masterclass for the Hornets. But um, on about the 70th minute, the um, uh, uh, ball goes up, south from Nottingham Forest, coming number nine, then Alabola, and we had a free, a free kick um, inside our own half. Referee blows his whistle. Literally, you hear the thud of the ball, and then you heard this extra loud shrill of a whistle, and you looked, and Adebola's got his arms out. And there's this Watford player writhing on the floor in pain holding his jaw he's smacked <laughs> into another dimension by him. It took him like five minutes to get up. And then Alibola scored in that game as well. So in terms of memorable debuts, cult hero, like,
3: nailed on. Fantastic. Right, let's see how much you know about him. Question one, which club was Adebola playing for when he scored against Forest in 2009? Bristol City. Correct. Question two, which African country was Adebola born in? Oh, Christ. Um,
2: uh, maybe like Senegal? Take answer. Yeah.
3: Correct answer is Nigeria. Oh. Question three is your multiple choice one. How many times did Adebola play for Nottingham Forest? A50, B60, C70. Wow.
2: Is this no competitions or just a league?
3: Uh, all competitions this is we'll go C C70 is correct that's if you played that many
4: Jesus God, Christ
3: he's a good pan B he had a bowler yeah he was he was, was yeah.
4: alright we'll we'll called 0 cool yeah <laughs> he scored against West Ham as well didn't he in the cup once that game it did yeah he yeah. made that 3-2 were not it yeah mm. scored in the playoffs yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah yeah. we lost both of those games
2: yeah but. <laughs> <laughs> so
3: Question four. Who did Adebola sign for after leaving Forest in 2011? did he go to Hull? He did. Yeah. And question five. Which country called Adebola up for duty in 1998, only for the player to withdraw due to injury and never earn another opportunity?
2: I feel like the obvious answer here would be Nigeria. But... If it's in 1998, maybe England 21s.
3: The correct answer was Northern Ireland. Wow, really? Wow, <laughs> you <laughs> learn something every day.
4: <laughs> you every school day. I was expected to say like Zambia or Trinidad. Over just like to Raffa point out to anyone playing
3: along with this quiz, all the facts and figures are from transfermarket.co.uk. <laughs> <If> <laughs> any complaints should be sent directly <laughs> to <it from laughs> them and not to our Twitter <laughs> page. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. So scores on the doors after the first round. Reese lagging in third on two, Christian in second on three, and Adam in first place on four. So we'll move on. Reese, you're back up. You could probably do with a good round here. Good. So your first question is: Which Paraguayan club did Forrest sign Brian or Jada from?
4: Olympia Asuncion. Correct. I'm actually wearing a power blind shirt now. <laughs> so uh, there's no fixing on this quiz. <laughs> I thought you might know that
3: one. <laughs> Question two. James Garner spent the first half of last season on loan at which club? Watford. Correct. Question three: how many goals did Brennan Johnson score for Lincoln City last season? Ooh.
4: I'm gonna go 16. The answer is thirteen. Thirteen
3: goals, fourteen assists. Question four: Ethan Horvath made one Champions League appearance for Club Bruges during last season, but who did they play?
4: Christ, <laughs> um, Club Bruges, God, see, I didn't. I usually like that thingy on the Champions League because it was like behind closed doors. I didn't really bother to the last stages last year. Um, Shaq ask.
3: The correct answer is Zenit St. Petersburg. Oh, close region wise. Yeah, it's
2: the part of the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: And your final question Who did Joe Worrell go on loan to for the second half of the 2015/16 campaign? That'd be Dagenham and Redbridge. That's correct. You scored three out of five in that round, Reese. Oh, thanks. Adam. All set? Oh, yeah. Question one. Which Europa Conference League outfit did Watford sign Philip Zinconagel from? Oh, Bodo Glimp. Is that how you say it? Yep, yeah, correct. Yeah. Question two. Which club did Joe Lolly score his first Nottingham Forest goal against?
0: Oh, bloody hell. Well, I can't remember, you know. I want to say
3: Huddersfield, but I don't think it was. Yeah, I'm going to go Huddersfield. Okay, it answers: QPR. who's was in the famous five-two Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Question three: Who was in charge of England when Jack Colback earned a Three Lions call-up? <laughs>
0: <sighs> so he'd have been playing
3: for...
0: um, Capello.
3: It answers Roy Hodgson. Oh,
0: <laughs> dear Adam. This <laughs> is going from bad to worse.
3: Question four: Which country does Lyle Taylor represent? Oh, Montserrat, correct. And your final question: Which League Two outfit did Jordan Smith play twelve times for during two thousand and nineteen? Mansfield Town, correct. You also scored three out of five. Oh, yes. So Christian, you need uh, you need all five to win. <laughs>
4: <That's true. laughs>
3: no pressure. <laughs> 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 okay, question one. Where did Ryan Yates embark on his first loan spell away from Forest? Was
2: it at Knott's County?
3: It wasn't. He uh, went no. to Barrow.
2: Barrow? Mm. Yeah.
1: Mm.
2: Well, there goes the win but
3: <laughs> <laughs> still tie, you could still tie.
2: Yes, I could tie.
3: Question two, who did Scott McKenna make his Scotland debut against?
2: Um
4: Israel,
3: maybe? next answer <laughs> is Costa Rica. Uh, how did you not know that?
4: <laughs> you, you just literally because you play like Israel every week, don't you, Scott?
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> much, yeah. like, Israel, the Faroe Islands, yeah. one or two, yeah. Or Moldova. Yeah.
3: Question nice. three. Which club did João Carvalho score his first forest goal against? Oh.
2: Um, He definitely scored against someone before that other game. I think I know
0: Was uh, it. it Millwall, that free kick? Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, Sheffield Wednesday.
2: Wednesday. Oh, but I've asked me, like, sold banning that dummy, wasn't it? Which yeah, was that it. was it, yeah.
4: Great goal.
3: Question four. Which French outfit did Forrest sign Atif Kanate from? Was it Le yeah, correct.
2: That's how you pronounce it. Sorry to any Leo yeah. fans out there. I'm <laughs> butchering it. But, you know.
3: <laughs> and question five. Where did Lewis Graben begin his career? Crystal Palace.
4: Correct. Oh, Knowledge. I know that because Simon Jordan goes on about it when he goes on about his academy. He always oh, says he? Lewis Graben, yeah. He, he likes to the academy at Palace and... Um he lists a number of players in grabbing, he always lists grabbing usually. Oh, fair enough.
3: So with seven points, the winner of the quiz is Adam. Get Yay. him. Yay.
0: Well, well, done. Well, well, well done, Adam. Well done, Adam. No I know stuff about David Vaughan. <laughs> <laughs> we
4: were we were all handicaps because so we had to pick someone <laughs> else.
2: Exactly. <laughs> well, well out of interest, what were your other picks? I also picked I, I so I I was torn between Ella George Elokobi and Chris Burke George Elokobi Chris
4: Burke God um, I was finished... literally looking through the squads and I think Bojan Jokic was another one I looked at uh,
0: Penelos was another one I picked P- up. Penelos yeah. I really enjoyed yeah. him um, I think maybe someone like ran, uh, someone random like, like Jamie Alberto. Yeah, yeah, but he that yeah, he didn't stay long enough for me to like pick so, him. Mm-hmm. But yeah. That's
4: what I thought Adam was gonna pick. he yeah,
0: same. I'd have known about all of his Japanese expeditions <laughs> <laughs> that he's on now. He'll be he'll be he'll be he'll be the next fucking thing of Squid Game, you know, because he's probably that poor.
4: Is that where he plays now?
0: Japan. Somewhere like, that, yeah. yeah. He I thought you
4: right was thought were in Portugal still. He was to
2: Southampton, didn't he? off the forest.
0: He's been like, yeah. he's been like Poland, yeah. Japan. Yeah, he's been all over the shop. He's just having a tour. Oh, I remember, oh,
3: yeah, well, maybe he's like getting spamming. stickers in his passport. Yeah,
2: yeah exactly. Yeah, I see the world there
4: as well. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Job. And earning money. Yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, anyway, not, now we've on to the final part of the pod which is we look at uh, Forest's next fixtures and try and decide how we're going to do So Forrest's next two games are Peterborough at home and Swansea City away which sees Steve Cooper return to Liberty Stadium for the first time since he was sacked uh, We'll start with you Lee um, Peterborough at home, what do you reckon?
3: Um, I think we've got to be looking to win that game, I think if we've got any aspirations of finishing in the top half we've got to that's got to be deemed a winnable game. I think the, uh, you know, the axe is getting sharpened. I think for Darren Ferguson. I think uh, Derek McCanton is big on uh, Instagram with his. He likes to do little post match assessments for the fans, and he's, he seems to be putting on some some interesting words. But I think uh, reading between the lines, he's he's considering a change. So um, confidence looks low. So I'm going to go for a two nil Forest victory in that one.
2: Nice. And the trip to South Wales?
3: Um, tricky game. I think they're playing some good football under Russell Martin. Um it's never nice to lose to Swansea because I went to uni with a, a Swansea fan and he likes to rub it in when they win. Um <laughs> I think do you know what? It's probably the sort of game that might suit Forest and how we play, because they're not gonna they're not gonna sit back, they're kinda gonna have a go. So I think Steve Cooper will be desperate to for his team to put on a bit of a show there. I don't think we'll win that. Let me. I'm going to go for a one-one in that one.
2: Okay, no, that's, that's a solid shot. I was thinking on the same lines to be fair. Mm. Reese, what about you?
4: <laughs> Lee's I'm going the exact same as Lee for both games. Um, like Lee said, we've got to be looking at beating Peterborough at home. We do need to get that away form, um, you know, better because I think we're fourth bottom in the league, and as away form is tremendous, it's just that home forms let us down which you know is partly due to the previous regime but yeah um, we should be beating Peterborough early at home if we want to go anywhere I do think they've just given Ferguson a new contract actually a couple of weeks ago I might be wrong but I'm sure I've seen they gave him a new deal so if I am wrong then I am sorry Um, Darren McCampton if you're thinking of firing him um, but yeah, t- yeah, go two nil that for me. I think they're struggling a little bit. To score goals, aren't they, Peterborough? They couldn't break down ten men Stoke last week, and was it nil nil yesterday? I think with Barnsley. So yeah, hopefully three points in that game. The Swansea game. Usually, when we go to Swansea, playoffs aside, they they are very tight games. I know I'm just forgetting about last season, but even last season the league was 2-1. I know there was a disaster in the cup, but under Sabri, I believe we won 1-0 and Karanka, well, right. I think nil-nil. And so yeah, I'm agree with Lee on that one as well and go one-one. Um <laughs> it would be nice if Cooper could get us. I'm sure he'd love to win there. You know, Swansea fans seem to have this weird obsession with him, which is a little bit odd. But, yeah, for, if we can get four points out of the next two, that would be good. I think any less than that would be disappointing, really.
2: Yeah, that's fair. Adam, what, what's your uh, Mystic make prediction?
0: prediction? Uh, just before I want to, uh, before I give my prediction, that people are, like, getting on to Cooper about this whole five draws in the last six games. But, you know, like, if you, like, one draw, one, one draw, and, and like, it kind of spread out, People won't be so bothered. Um, so it's not all been doom and gloom of the drawing and that. So, but Peterborough, I think, yeah, like the lads have said, should, should be beating them. Um, I actually think we might find our scoring boots in that game. I think if we get one, we might, Evans might open. I, I think I'm going to go for a 4 0. Emphatic. 4 0. Yeah. Um, grabbing all four um, <laughs> in that one. Gates no, <laughs> Maybe, yeah. I don't know. I just, I've just got a feeling. I think we might, we might thump a team. Um, Peterborough have been kind of not the, I wouldn't say the whipping boys, but they've conceded a lot from away from home, and I think we do need to take advantage of that at some point. Um, and then, yeah, Swansea away is going to be a tough game. They are very beatable, um, but also they could easily beat us. They, they play some good stuff under Russell Martin. Um, but yeah, I'd like us to kind of ru- ruin their, ruin the return. Of 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 Steve Cooper going back there and we and we beat him, but yeah, I'm going to go. I'll be happy with a point at at Swans. It's a tough place to go for for us. So um, yeah, I'll go. I'll go one all. As That's well, it, it's
2: interesting <laughs> the point you mentioned about the draws. Like you said, I mean, we're still averaging I think 1.75 points a game with Cooper which over the course for seasons 80 points. So it's not the end of the world. It, it, you know, you, if you can't if you, if you can't um you can't win, don't lose. Simple as that. Point a point. So um. As for what I think, I, I agree with you actually. I think we'll, we'll put Peter Britt sword. I reckon 3 0. Um, I reckon that'll be one of the games where uh, we, we go into it thinking, you know, we've got to sort this home form out. Let's, no, let's go. That's probably, this is a great opportunity. Let's really go for them. So hopefully that can happen. As for Swansea, I reckon Cooper Masterclass 1 0 win and then Cooper. um does the whole Joe Sayak Juventus thing, puts his hands to his ears at full-time. And um, <laughs> I'd love to see scenes like that. So, yeah, I am going to be ambitious. Six points for the, next, uh, for the next possible six. And hopefully that will see Forrest shoot up the league. Anyway, thank you for listening, guys. Much appreciated, as always. And, yeah, we'll be back in a fortnight. Take care, and hopefully Forrest got some wins at that point. Goodbye.
1: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery you win order now on mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery Free, and terms apply see mcdonald's.com
4: hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any
3: old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 percent less than clay litter